Yes, it's Journey into an Unknown World, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Coops, and this is the show where I try and take something strange and turn it into normal, and something that's normal, give it a little twist, tweak, even shock you a little bit maybe occasionally, with something normal becoming abnormal. So today I wanted to take something that I kind of hinted at on my last show, sacred geometry. I, I thought I'd talk about that for a little bit and help you understand how important it is to recognize the shapes of things. So if you've got a pencil, maybe you can draw along with me and have some fun. The first thing I'd like to talk about is a straight line. If you think about a straight line, you stop or start wherever you want to. You can do it sideways, diagonally, you can do it vertically, you can do it on a slant. Whatever way you do it, it's still a straight line. And even if you draw it to the edge of your paper, it stops there. And if you were to draw it onto another piece of paper and overlap another piece of paper and so on, it would still be a straight line. But when you separate those bits of paper that you've drawn your extended line across, you've got three separate lines on three bits of paper. And the interesting thing is that you can fiddle about with those three lines and see if you can get them to come to a point where they cross one another and make a triangle. And I bet you, you'll be able to do it. And in a way, that is the core of sacred geometry, to know that no matter how far you might think a single line goes, it has to somewhere, somehow, in some time and some space, come to join with another line. And that is a cross. So let's just think about a cross for a minute. We have a lot of religious and philosophical Catholic things about crosses. I personally, I used to wear one all the time. In fact, I still do wear one, but mine has a different reason. But back in the old days, it was to protect me from any naughty, dirty, nasty people and any dirty, naughty, nasty spirits. And yes, I did believe that the ghoulies could get me. Of course, I laugh about it now, but back in those young years, I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I'd go to bed and I would hear spirits in my room touching things, and I would cringe under my bedclothes, praying that they would go away, and always asking spirit guides, Jesus, or anyone I could think of to come and take them away. Fortunately, they usually did. So I learned at a very young age that that the power of prayer is very important and does work. But of course then I didn't understand sacred geometry. So let's come back to a cross. If you think about two lines crossing over, they form some kind of angle. So if you want to draw a cross that is more like a Y-shaped cross, versus a right angle cross. You could play around with that for a long time, 
if you had fun with it, drawing the spokes of a wheel, as it were, with all the lines going through that central point. And you would find that you're looking at a radiation. So the central point where you've gone over and over it many times with your pen or pencil has become a little dark point. And that little dark point is the center of the world of those lines. And in a way that's symbolic of you as you are the center of all the people who come in and out of your life, cross your pathway and move up to you, see you, talk to you, and move on. And then maybe you walk up to someone, talk to them, and move on. And so you can see by those two examples that you are making an energy cross every time you meet someone, say hello, move off saying goodbye. So it was believed back in the old times that sacred geometry was a very holy thing because in every symbol that we could create and think of, there was always a direct reflection in symbolic ways to the habits of life on this planet. When we look at a protractor, for example, we see like half a moon, half a circle. And when we look at that, we can see that we can divide that half a circle up into segments. And those segments can interact by coming to the central point where all the lines come together at the center of the bottom line of the protractor. In a way, I want you to understand that everything that you are radiates out from you in many directions and you are in your own way encased in your own orb of energy, a circle of energy only where a little bit more like an egg and there you are creating all sorts of lines and patterns throughout your aura. So now we've talked about lines and crosses and how the uh, angles can be, let's go back to talking about three lines crossing over to look like a triangle. I first was made to understand the power of the triangle when I was very young, I was probably about seven. I was in school and we were told to draw shapes and we were told that a triangle was a very important shape. And without even realizing why, because obviously I had guides in my head in those days, I started to draw triangle after triangle by using every single side of my triangle as a baseline for the next triangle. Perhaps you'd like to try and do that right now. Just draw a three-sided triangle and then choose one side or the bottom and draw your two more lines to make another triangle. Maybe you've done it on the side that it looks like a diamond. Now take one of those sides and draw two lines from the central point and the outer edge one to make another triangle and so on. Now you could make a long chain 
which would be a little bit like integrating some of the energy in the DNA. Or you could make a solid lump by drawing so many triangles in such a way that you have a page full of these tiny triangles. Now the interesting thing about these triangles is that every point where they join is a central point which you can then make a circle with because you use you know some coin or something it doesn't matter what it is and you make a circle from that point and you can actually if you've got the right equipment make lots of circles from all the points of all the triangles and come up with lots of overlapping circles and lots of arcs lots of loops and as you look at that you begin to realize that you can also see parallel lines. Parallel lines are symbolic of the self moving forward parallel with the soul-structured energy of the oneness in sacred geometry running parallel with you, making sure that you stay on track, as it were, and do the things that you wanted to do, as well as making sure those spirit guides get to learn through you. And of course, parallel lines eventually cross another parallel line somewhere and we end up with a square. And when we get a square, then we can say that we are indeed in fourth dimension. So we have the three dimensions we know plus time. And in time, we're locked into our existence in the everyday fashion of routines, rituals, behavioral patterns and such like thing. But of course, when we get entrapped, we start to get frustrated. We want to break out of the mold. So at that point, we go inward to find that central being, that part of us that is the ascended part. And what do we find? Triangles, yes. Your aura crosses over in so many different ways. I would just like to say to you that if you need absent healing and you have a certain condition that I can work with with you, whether at distance or locally, do contact me, Dr. Margaret, rvc at gmail.com or write through our website, www sumariscenter.com that's S for sugar U, M for mother A, R, I, S for sugar C, E, N, T, E, R dot com and I will get back to you within a couple of days I must apologize sometimes I get behind because I get swamped so I'm apologizing ahead of time but I do answer all my emails but I just want to say here, don't pitch me anything. Just send me a letter that says what you need me to help you do. We'll figure out what we're going to do for you. So coming now back to something I've been teaching for years, you have five bodies and you have your chakras that maintain the balance of those five bodies. The chakras are, as I said on my last show, vortices of energy that spin energy backwards and forwards through your body making sure 
that your not only your physical body but your etheric spirit higher mind and soul bodies are all in sync and since they all move at different speeds and since they all move energy in different directions then we have a multitude of geometrical patterns within our aura so if we talk about diagrams right now I want to give you some things to imagine imagine you have dotted lines going all the way up and down your body like tattoo marks just up and down your body little dotted lines and they're about two millimeters apart and so you've got these stripes going up and down your body, up and down your skin, all over your body, even into the nook and crannies. And then you think about that as the energy of your physical body, where you channel energy from your brain down to your feet, from your feet back up to your brain by all the things that you do every day. Now, on top of that, let's add the etheric body, which is going round and round like the circles of a tree. You've all seen trees have been cut down. You can see those rings in there. Okay, so you're sending round rings of circle up your body very closely together, crossing over these lines that go up and down. And you can see immediately you're going to have uh, some angles happening there where two lines are crossing one another and those are going to be acupoints. And then when we think about our spirit body, that has a finer vibration and that comes from the crown all the way down to your feet and back up to the crown chakra again. So what you want is for that to come down in a different dynamic resonation. So where the rings of the tree are very dense and heavy, in terms of your etheric body, here the symbol is more like fairy dust that is sprayed in a circular pattern in and around every cell in your body going all the way down and all the way up. But it is still cutting a pathway that comes across the other two energies that we've described. So that's making a third line crossing at various points throughout your body. And then we have to think about the higher mind that comes in from the oneness on the diagonal. So we have these diagonal loops going clockwise down through our body and coming up on the other side, always clockwise. Now that crosses over the other three energies that I've just described. So now we've got the star, okay? And that energy is now taking you into the higher vibration of the oneness, which is like a river always running, is a line that comes down from the oneness through your body to your feet and on out through your hands or to wherever you want it. So you're literally like Spider-Man throwing energy out at the world and that energy will go as far as it can before it hits someone else and they get it and they feel better. Meanwhile, you're already better because you've already brought that energy in. And so what I'm trying to teach you here is that your aura has billions of these tiny little triangles and five star crosses and squares and parallel lines and um, triangles as well as circles. 
okay? So everything comes into a harmony in such a way through your body that ultimately it's like saying you're looking at a divine pattern, which brings me back to my last show where I was talking about mandalas. And mandalas, as I said on that show, can be anything you want to design. So you could sit there and draw on your paper lots of designs with crosses and stars and, and you know, um, triangles and all the things I mentioned, and then color them in and give them density, which gives, you know, I did that when I was a child. I used to draw these different shapes and color them in, and where they drew, I drew them on top of one another, I would actually change the color so if I had red in a triangle and then I've got a circle over the corner of the of the triangle so the circle might be green and my little corner where the circle and the triangle were crossing over was maybe blue and I started to learn with spirit guides in my head just how important shapes evolve out of shapes and since we are animated beings doing so many different things all day long, we are constantly shifting our energy, which means these five bodies and our chakras that have to keep these five bodies in harmony are constantly busy. And if we don't stop and take a deep breath and think about the value of our life, but rather get into the negative side of blaming and shaming, then we're going to get sick, we're going to get tired, we're going to get a foggy brain. So here at this time, I'd like to remind you that I've often talked in the past about my book, The Rejection Syndrome. If you haven't got a copy of that, either you know softback from Amazon or you can get a download from there too, or you can get it from me. But I really suggest you read that book because psychologically, emotionally, mentally, it's going to explain to you why you think the way you think. Lots of stories in it, which make, brings a point home. And it's, of course, one more of my channeled work. So you might want to get a copy of that. And while I'm talking about that, I also want to remind you, as I did on the other show, that I've now got these Indian mandalas, sacred geometrical runes that I'm going to have on sale on our website www.sumariscenter.com So if you'd like to meditate with those um, then you know, I really suggest it because they're really, really good. And the little booklet that I've written to go with them is also going to be available. So let's call it the Rune Mandala Rune Kit for now. But coming back to the sacred part the wonderful thing about these runes is they've got the diamond, the circle, they've got the parallel lines, it's got the stars, it's got little triangles, it's got the patterns on the edge which are called petals in the mandala. And the petals represent like the lotus and when the lotus opens up to full bloom the beauty is seen. And so we as individuals try to bloom as often as we can. We want to be the best that we can. We want to show ourselves off as talented and uh, very capable of doing lots of multifaceted jobs at once, we say. 
several things at once. I know I do. I'm always writing and having conversations on the phone and washing and cooking dinner all at the same time. Am I going crazy? Not really, because I switch on, off, on, off from one thing to another. Where I do go crazy is when I forget and burn the food. So, <laughs> but that happens. Yes, we all forget. But that again is important because now having talked about sacred geometry, I want you to recognize that for all these shapes that we're talking about, they are in a sense voids in the center of them. So if if we take a pattern, any pattern, and we color it in and fill in as many places and spaces as we can, we're still going to find some voids, those little odd shapes, five-sided shapes, ten-sided shapes, something that you don't expect to see. And that void is actually a key because it's waiting for a single line to travel through it and change its shape. In the same way, your aura is waiting for a single something to happen to shift your point of view. And that something could be you just having that epiphany moment. I want you to really hear that. That is a time when you suddenly say, aha, it makes sense. And when we say something makes sense, we then look for a way to bring what makes sense to us in form. Now, I thought it was very interesting years ago when I learned the word nonsense. Non-sense. Separate it. No working, nothing working. No sense of anything. Sometimes being in the void is that moment of nothing. You sense nothing at all. It's a being space. It's an existence of I am. So if you sit on your chair, see how long it is before you start fidgeting, even if it's simple like scratching your nose or you fall asleep. Your brain doesn't know how to stop working. If it did, you'd be dead. So your conscious mind is considering many dynamics in that split moment of nonsense. It's like, I've got so much going on, I've got so much worry, I've got this, that, and nothing is making any sense to me. And in that moment, you switch off and just be. And out pops this amazing idea or this vision, this you doing something you never thought about doing before. In that moment, realizing there's more to life than the way you've been seeing it. And when that happens, you begin to understand that you need to know more about yourself. Now, having talked about sacred geometry in the basics of stars, crosses, triangles, and so on, let's talk about the more denser shapes, like cones, cubes, tubes, and so on. In the oneness, 
in what we call the etheric energy, it's manipulatable. In other words, we can shift it, we can move it. We can formulate something. The best way I can explain that is to take some clay out of the earth and mix it in a certain way and put it on a wheel and make yourself a pot and then put it in the fire and kill, kill it, as it were, from being mud on the ground. It's now something solid that you can use in a practical way. That is kind of like how the oneness works. If there is a void, we want to use it. We want to turn it into something that's usable. So when the straight line crosses that void, it separates it into something else. And when that moves into something else, then a new form is created. And that form can take on a solid form. So when we have something that's three-dimensional, then we can use it in some way to make our life more pleasant. So I'd like you to stop and just look around you right now and ask yourself, how many things have I got in this room, in this area, that all have form? For example, I'm looking at my desk, which is full of paperwork and all sorts of things I have to wade through yet. And my goodness, there isn't one thing that is exactly the same in its position or shape. So you can see just by looking so nearby you that there is a variety of shapes all around you. And every single shape that you see, I want you now to understand, is inside you too. Only it's minuscule, tiny, tiny. You'd have to have a very, very big magnifying glass to have a look. You'd have to take a little bit of your blood or something like that and look at it, or a piece of your tissue and look at it under a very powerful microscope. And you would see those patterns. They're always there somewhere. And the way those patterns generate energy. Long ago, sacred geometry was recognized by the ancient ones. So it's not new. It's nothing new to us today. However, most of us don't even pay much attention to it. We take these shapes for granted. Here's one way you probably have taken the shape and the dynamics of that shape is a horoscope. And you look at a horoscope, it's a circle divided into 12 parts. And we look at where the planets are relative to when you're born. And we look at the angles that each of the planet makes relative to your time of birth and to one another. And we tell you what you're likely to be good at. For example, you know, a person with Taurus rising, which is me, has a very strong personality and I'm able to go ahead and do stuff when everyone else says it can't be done. That stubborn Taurus part of me comes up, yes it can, I'll find a way. And I have, I've always found a way. So I like to say where there's a will, there's a way. And that brings me to the essence of what is the dynamic that sends energy running through your body. It is the will. Where does the will come from? 
The will comes from momentum. It comes from the habit of being able to move. After all, if you didn't move, nothing would happen, everything would be stalemate, everything would crumble, there would be nothing in existence, we wouldn't even be here on this planet. So momentum, energy, is all about keeping the force moving. And as they said in Star Wars, may the force be with you. And I sat there and listened to that so long ago and I thought to myself, I wonder how many people realize how much of a force of energy there is within them already in that their aura is shifting and moving energy constantly and wait for it, faster than the speed of light. That's how fast your brain works. Do I know that? No, a scientist knows that. He studied that, proved that. And I believe that because I know that by the time I've consciously come up with a conclusion to an idea, I've already arranged it in my spirit consciousness ages ago. All I'm doing is recognizing it belatedly <laughs> and starting to accept that whatever I set up in my spirit is already coming towards me because it's a diagonal line that's coming at me to cross me or I'm going on towards someone else's direction and I'm going to cross their line and I'm going to meet up with them. So something is going to happen and it could just as easily be that I walk out the front door and find a new stone that I happen to like a lot that I can work on someone else to heal them. So there's always something that we bring into our life that creates an energy shift. And there is always something that we put out of ourselves that creates an energy shift in someone else and vice versa. So sacred geometry comes down to energy shifting all the time. And if you now think about yourself as an energy working machine, you can recognize that when you idle, which you must do sometimes for little rest, i.e. daydreaming or sleeping, your body is still working, your brain is still working, and the dreams that you have are your way of sorting things out symbolically. But ultimately, the momentum of the left and right hemispheres of the brain working together through the old brain, the midbrain, on down to your body is to keep you alive, healthy, wealthy, and wise. Wealthy not with piles of money, but with plenty of talents, skills, and abilities to do anything you want to do. So my last message to you today is this. If you cannot think about those minute triangles, circles, and things in your aura causing friction and energy and movement that keeps you healthy and strong, then I suggest that you draw them. And just by drawing those shapes and coloring them and overlapping them like I did when I was a child, it kept me balanced. It kept me happy. And 
You know what else I used to do when I was doing that? I used to sing away to myself so that my singing voice, little as it was in those days, was a happiness moment for me, a suspended moment. The drawing and the singing or the listening to music was all about switching off my conscious mind and just being me in my own space, a moment, a pause in the rush and flow of life. You need those times. You need time out. Take it. Have it. Meditate. Contemplate. Work with runes. Work with stones. Work with music. Work with someone else's hypnosis. And by the way, I have lots of hypnosises. Oh, I should be a hypnosi, shouldn't it, for so many. Um, but we have lots of different ones. Some are free and some you can buy. And, you know, we're always there to help people. And if you're opting into my website, sumaricenter.com, then you'll find a few freebies there. So I suggest you go have a look and see what Dr. Margaret and Dr. Steve are up to. And by the way, let's big give kudos to Dr. Steve for all the editing that he's done on all these shows for all these years. Love you, darling, and love you all. Take care, be happy, and be wise. Bye.